Greetings, and welcome to the Thirsty Mage, the podcast whose trick to eternal life is to have a never-ending backlog of games to stay alive for. I'm your host, David Lloyd, and this episode, we do what we do best, and that's talk about a bunch of games that we probably don't need, but more than likely are going to buy. And since money is finite, we're going to do our best to ensure that you're spending your money wisely by providing some insight into some up-and-coming titles, as well as a couple of recent releases. With the Thirsty Mage team spread out across three time zones, uh, we have to split this episode up into segments this, this week, starting with the man that traveled to PAX to get the latest on the RPG scene. It's Jordan Rudick. Yeah, hey, David. Uh, just got back on Sunday night. And as much fun as I had, as exciting as the games were that I played there, the highlight or low light of the trip, I guess, was when a tree fell on my car. So, oh, no. <laughs> That was kind of a crazy thing that I woke up to on Sunday morning, but oh, I know the I know the agony of having to deal with uh, insurance and yeah, all that yeah. uh, all that ridiculousness. So uh, I'm kind of just starting that process, I guess. I uh, sent in. Uh, there's like an online form you fill out over here for for insurance claims. So I did that uh, last night. I sent them some pictures. I had so many pictures of the uh, of the car. I mean, it was fine. It was drivable. You know, not not that it it stopped us from kind of going anywhere. We with the uh, we were staying at an Airbnb in Seattle uh, when we were attending PAX West, and um, the, uh, the 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 guy uh, the owner was nice enough to kind of just let us stay there until um, the uh, I guess the tree got cut off of the car and everything got cleaned up a little bit. So we ended up going to PAX that morning as we had planned. We just took an Uber to get there. And then by the time, uh, maybe two or three in the afternoon, everything was cleared up. And so we were able to get back to the, get back to the, the place where we were staying, uh, grab the car and, and, and we just went on our way, uh, back to Vancouver at that point. So, yeah, so that was kind of a fun, uh, little experience there. Uh, obviously, uh, it, you know, it was nice to have a lot of, uh, cool games to play before and after that event, but, uh, definitely a, a memorable trip. We'll, we'll say, we'll say that for sure. Yeah. It's- it's a process I wouldn't want wish on my worst enemy. It's hopefully it goes smooth for you, but yeah, it's never never fun. Especially I, I can't believe it even happened in the US. Like what a oh, I know, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it like and literally like one one tree fell down that we had seen anywhere. I guess there were strong winds on the Saturday night uh, or early Sunday morning. Uh and so we come outside and I, I had I had planned to park my car up like 10, like 10 feet further up the street, kind of closer to like the entrance of the unit. But there was a hedge or a bush on the right side. So my my brother, who was in the passenger seat, wouldn't be able to get out. So I backed up a little bit. So there was a little bit more space for him. And sure enough, that's where the tree came down. So uh, just just a just a kind of a, a funny, funny. Uh, you, just, you can only laugh at it, right? Like, you know, just a freak and a net thing of uh, nature taking place there. So, yeah, it, again, it's not like the, the damage is anything major. We'll, we'll see what uh, happens with the insurance, but still drivable, still functional. Um, just a couple dents on the roof. Uh, not, nothing too bad. And just quickly before we get into your roundup of uh, what you got to play at PAX West, uh, have you downloaded Baldur's Gate 3 yet on PS5? I haven't. Um, and I'll tell you why. I have a lot of a I have a lot of pack stuff to do. Um, I'm also working on a review game uh, for something that's coming out soonish. So I've had like kind of things I need to get off my plate. I want to kind of have nothing going on before I start it, because I know that once I do get into it, uh, I'm going to be kind of in there 110 percent. So haven't started it yet, but it is close. I'm a day or two away here, I think. That's good. I'm currently stuck trying to figure out I'm in this 
there's been a couple battles now where I've had to play them a couple times because they have funny quirks to them. Like one mm. was just I had too many overpowered enemies at, at one go and I had to figure out like, OK, how am I going to get out of this alive? Yeah. Uh, but my latest hang up now is that um, uh, I've kind of stumbled into some kind of weird like vampiric ritual where this mm. vampire is turning into a god and I have to kill him before he ascends <laughs> to godhood and then yeah, kills yeah. me. Oh, gosh. So yeah, it's been it's been a few tries because you only get three turns and then he becomes a god. So I'm mm. I'm it, it's it's been uh, I'm racking my brain. I'm trying. I, I'm I'm going to work. I'm not even mine's not even like on life. It's just like how do I kill the vampire? Yeah, that's, this that's isn't a life. situation where you know you just you're just praying for like throwing some d twenties or some natural twenties or something like that, and that would take him yeah. take him out, I guess. But no, takes probably need something a little more fancy than that. Yeah, <laughs> I need. Uh, I wish. The, there's these uh, special bombs that there's only like one or two of them throughout the entire game. And now I'm wishing there was like some kind of hack that I could just reproduce these bombs in some kind of factory. Right. And right. it would it would solve all my problems. Yeah. I wonder if you have to go back and find something more powerful or. Uh... Yeah. Yeah. No, well, I'm, I'm excited to get into seats. it for sure. Uh, <laughs> I'm a little bit behind, obviously, where, where you are now, but it's good. Like, I, I think that it doesn't really matter kind of how much you've played or, or who's further or anything like that. Cause it's all about the different experiences you have. Right. So my, my playthrough is going to be wildly different from yours anyways. Oh, I'm sure. I, I, I can't imagine that you have the same bloodthirst that I have in, in this game. So no, I'm, I'm more into the talking and, and kind of, you know, using conversation to get through uh conflict. So uh, we'll see how well that serves me uh, when I boot up the game. But yeah, I, I, I am planning to get it. I, I knew I wasn't gonna have time for the early access being it being in Seattle over the weekend. So uh, I didn't go for the digital deluxe version. I'll just get the base version. But yeah, I should be installing that tonight or tomorrow. Kids are back to school this week. So um, there's a little bit more kind of getting everyone in the house settled as well. And again, I just trying to get to everything off my plate starting at zero before I get into this game. So I can kind of have like a full day to to uh, really sink my teeth in. But I am excited for that. And that is coming soon. So. Yeah, more, more. You'll everybody. You'll you'll hear more impressions <laughs> yeah. uh, about Baldur's Gate from us uh, yeah. soon. If if not next week, then the week after for sure. Endless anecdotes. I'm sure there will be. No doubt. Let's get into the Pax West roundup. So I I didn't. I want to say I played about in the ten to twelve game range. I mean, I obviously I saw more games than that. Uh, but Pax West was kind of spread out a little bit more this year. Uh, and j- yeah, just kind of divided up in a, in a different or funny way, I guess. So you basically had three areas. You had like the packs, uh, they called it the Arch, I think, which was basically the original convention center where PAX is normally held. Uh, so a portion of that was dedicated to booths like Square Enix, uh, Sega, I think Inti Creates was in there as well. Uh, yeah, I, I'm struggling to think the the indie mega booth was there where you have kind of like this corridor or this U-shaped corridor where it's just all kind of new, uh, new and upcoming indie games. Uh, so they had that was kind of in its normal place. And so that all this, this area, this floor space looked very familiar. Across from this, the other half of the arch building was dedicated to, to a, an event called Nintendo Live. Nintendo Live, you needed to have a not only a PAX badge, I believe, but you also had to have a special Nintendo Pass as well. Uh, and they were only giving those out to people in the U.S. So unfortunately, I didn't get one, so we didn't get a chance to cover that event. 
And it might have even been for the best because I heard uh, really long lineups to get into Nintendo Live and then lineups to kind of check out. They did have Mario Wonder Wonder there, so that would have been cool to check out. But uh, long lineups to do to check out those as well. Uh, No food, no drink. Uh, So just kind of browsing Reddit, I I, you know, there were a lot of complaints and kind of sadder stories about people who had gone to Nintendo Live. So it might have dodged a bullet there. Would have been cool to get in there, but we didn't, unfortunately. Uh, so those are the first two sections. And then there's a new convention center that was built. They were calling it kind of PAX Summit. Uh, and so you had more games there. You had more video games there. You had uh, tabletop. You had some theaters for some of the panels. Uh, and so everything was just a little bit more uh, yeah, spread out this this time. It was a little bit more walking, a little bit more planning to kind of get where you're going. So I to that end, I didn't book as many appointments as I might normally, uh, but did still end up getting to try uh, a lot of cool games. So I will start with uh, Exceed's booth. So at Exceed's booth, my colleague, uh, also named Jordan, uh, and I, we played three games at Exceed's booth. Uh, We played uh, Freedom Planet 2, which is a uh, kind of platformer in the Sonic vein. We played, I think it's called Fashion Dreamer or Fashion Designer, something like that. It's a Switch exclusive uh, fashion game, maybe in the the vein of something like Style Savvy. Uh, I'll have to talk to Paige about that because I I think she's more familiar with those games. And I'm curious if she's going to be picking this one up. And then we both played a game called Silent Hope. And that's the one that's the RPG I'm going to focus on here. Silent Hope is an action RPG in the vein of something like Fantasy Life. It has that kind of chibi kind of cartoonish style. And it's it has a lot of kind of dungeon crawling elements to it as well. The the premise is that uh, there there's this kind of small town where your your seven kind of adventurers live, uh, and there's a giant kind of abyss that's opened up. And the abyss is the the dungeon that you're going to keep trying to go down, down, down into. The story behind it is that a king has kind of taken away everybody's voice, hence the silent in the silent hope. Uh, and his daughter, the princess, is trying to empower you to kind of get, re- I guess, uh, or gives you the quest of trying to return everybody's voices to to their natural place. So what we played in the demo was, I guess, a portion of the dungeon. And then we got to go back to the town area. There's a lot of focus on crafting. You're picking up a lot of materials in the dungeon uh, during the kind of action RPG combat. A lot of materials, a lot of crafting things. You pick up recipes as well. Uh, and then you bring those back to town and the the seven adventurers basically all have their own stand or shop. Uh, and so you kind of deal with them, I think, for completing the recipes or improving your gear. Uh, you can switch between the seven classes almost on the fly. Uh, you have an opportunity to do that in town and then at these crystals that show up in the dungeons. And I came across two or three of the crystals, I think. So uh, across the maybe two or three floors that I went through before I fought a boss, I had multiple opportunities to switch classes. So I ended up trying three of them. Um, one, I think, was called Fighter, uh, and she fought with her fists. I also tried Warrior, who had a giant axe, a little bit slower, uh, but I think he had, he, she, or she, I think it's a she, had a crowd control ability and could hit multiple enemies at once. The fighter was more focusing on one-on-one type combat. Uh, and I also tried the rogue, uh, who looked something like, uh, what's, in the Trails series, what's the maid's name? Elisa's maid, who uh, ends up joining oh, your team. You got me on the spot. Yeah, I, and yeah, I was on the spot myself I trying to figure out what it, what, what it was. I'm going to get roasted in the Discord now. No, yeah. <laughs> it's not like I was trying to set you up here to, to fall, but uh, we'll, we'll get it in a sec. 
Uh, at any race, uh, Sharon, I think it is. It's Sharon. That's right? it, Sharon. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so this maid looks like Sharon got the double daggers, uh, and her abilities were kind of focused on quick hitting, but kind of blinking around the, the enemy. So, uh, one of her abilities was a blink, uh, kind of blink dash attack and, and her, her, her dash or her avoiding type move on the trigger or where the right bumper was another kind of blink. So lots of mobility from that last class to get around enemies. Now it was the rogue that I used to uh, take out this crab boss that, that I fought and kind of ended the, the demo with. Yeah. I, I think what's cool about this one is just the fact that you can be switching between the classes uh, as you like. You're, you're going to pick up items for, even if you're playing as the rogue, you can pick up items and recipes for the other classes as well. So you're kind of incentivized after you, maybe you pick up some good gear for, the caster or one of the mage classes you go back and you maybe switch to that one after because you got something good for them to use the the loot kind of dropping and crafting reminded me a little bit of diablo you have the different colors on items to indicate rarity but yeah i mean we, we played about 10 or 15 minutes of the game i think it shows promise i don't know that it's going to be one of those games where there's a major kind of story through line that kind of propels you i think this is more a game about the, the combat and the mechanics and, you know, do, do you like that, um, that grind of, you know, picking up new gear, leveling up all that stuff, are you getting into that, uh, then this might be a game for you. Uh, but I, I like the, I like the art style. I think the visuals look pretty good on switch. We did play this game on switch, uh, in, in docked mode and it, it felt pretty good. So I am uh, eager to see more of silent home. And I think it's got a, a late October, early November release date. So it's not October too 3rd. Far. I got on. Uh, oh yeah. That, that's, that's even sooner than I thought. So I'm really a month away. Isn't, isn't that long to wait for it? So yeah, I mean, it's, it's an exit game. Uh, and one of the funny things that they mentioned at the outset is that it's set in the same universe as story of seasons and rune factory. And I actually found one of the story of seasons looking cows in the town. He was kind of just uh, hiding off to the side there. So little nods to those series, maybe being packed into silent hope as well uh, for fans, for fans of those games. But yeah, it it was fun. I, I, we're going to have a, a video uh, on NWR probably early next week with our preview thoughts and uh, showing a little bit more footage of the game. So stay tuned for, uh, for that on silent hope. The, the next one, uh, so switching gears a little bit, uh, non-RPG this time, uh, and I have to talk about it because I think it might be my game of the show, and that's Cobalt Core. Cobalt Core is very, very reminiscent of something like fa- uh, FTL Faster Than Light. David, have you played Faster Than Light before? No, I I probably own it because I feel like at some point I thought, oh, this looks like a, up my alley, but I yeah. don't actually think... I played much of it if if I did it all. Yeah, it's 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 I think it's a pretty popular, well received, roguelike space set uh, game, sci fi kind of game, where you are trying to you know I guess get from one end of the galaxy to the next uh, with your with your ship and your whatever configuration you've kind of started with, and then along the way you can unlock new ships. Uh, you'll encounter events. You'll encounter combat stuff like that. It's a little bit more not not action oriented because you can kind of stop time and then do what you want to do. But there is there is there is a little bit more action feel to it, I guess, the, when you uh, as opposed to a turn based feel. Cobalt Core is very similar to that in terms of you're trying to get for, across these three different maps that all have uh, about 20 or 30 different events on them. 
uh, again, whether that's combat, finding a treasure, finding uh, someone who can repair your ship. But it also has deck building as well. So you you have these characters and they all have their own decks. And those are the abilities you use during combat. So let's say the, the first square that you land on is combat against an enemy ship. You're going to have five cards laid out in front of you. And those will be your moves in combat. You can And you have three energy to spend on those cards. So maybe that's firing a shot from your ship. Maybe that's using a dodge move to get out of the way of the enemy fire, which you can telegraph. You, you see the, where the enemy is going to shoot you. On your turn, so you have a chance to avoid it or block it with a shield. As you progress, you pick up new cards that give you different abilities, but maybe they have you know negative effects to them as well. Uh, there was one card ability I was using where I could do four damage right away, but then I would pick up three kind of garbage cards like exhaust that I basically I would draw them and they would they would prevent me from drawing something more useful. So you have that kind of push and pull of, you know, when do I use this ability, uh, you know, adding bad and good cards to your deck and kind of try to figure out that balance, I guess. As you go through Cobalt Core, you can unlock new ships, you can unlock new characters. If you make it all the way through a run, which I was told takes about an hour or two to do, you get little story beats attached to the characters as well. Uh, So... Uh, the developers I was meeting with told me about 20 to 30 hours, I think, to see all of the story content if you're if you're kind of playing it continuously like that and really aiming for that goal. Uh, but hundreds of hours of content just in terms of the permutations of like what ship do you start with? What characters do you put into that ship to pilot it? Uh, the characters are all animals with kind of cute names and uh, funny dialogue. Uh, but yeah, Cobalt Core, uh, really, really good. I, I made it all the way to the final boss of the demo. I think I took out the final boss without getting hit. The the developers were super impressed. I was I was kind of very you know just very proud of myself for you know, uh, showing off well, I guess, in in, in front of the uh, people making the game. But just from, from the moment I, I got into it, I, I was I was absolutely hooked on this game. I have to Coming give the to... devs um, some props for their system requirements on Steam. Oh yeah. So under processor, they have anything. Oh, I love really. it. <laughs> uh, they have for graphics. It says, yeah, we got those. And then for sound card, it says ideally. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah, I, I can see why they'd want this game to be uh, pretty approachable. They uh, One thing I do want to highlight about the game as well is it does a very good job of explaining everything. There, You know how sometimes we play roguelikes and, and other run-based games and you don't always know what to do or how things work, like how, how a mechanic works, how an item works, and you have to kind of just trial and error it? Like, frankly, that, that's something that turns me off about the genre. This game, there's nothing like that. You click on a card or you hover over something on an enemy ship that's that's flashing or something. It tells you exactly what's going on. There's a lot of explanation of every single kind of mechanic and visual cue that you see. So you're never really in the dark about what's going to happen. It's more just choosing the best action to deal with what's coming next. And so I, I, I respect them for that, for sure you were on the steam page. I was going to ask you to confirm the release date. I think it's November. I think it's coming to steam in November. If it doesn't say that actually, there's no date actually. It just said uh, plan for 2023. So that would, yeah, I, if I would say probably November, December, I think I was either told November or maybe in the press materials, there was November. Um, I, I hope that it's coming to consoles. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, I kind of got that feeling like they, they talked about, you know, making the game work with a controller as well. Although it worked perfectly on, on keyboard and mouse, which is what I was using. Um, so hopefully a console release or switch release down the line as well. But uh, this one stuck out to me. Uh, just really, really enjoyed it. Got into it pretty fast. And uh, it was it was fun kind of going back with the the two go back forth with the two developers that were sitting with me as well. 
yeah, Cobalt Core, definitely one to add to your list, especially if you like uh, if you like or liked uh, FTL or a game like Into the Breach. Like those are two of my favorite kind of run based games. Uh, this feels like uh, kind of right up right up that alley too. Back to something a little bit more familiar for the Thirsty Mage, and that is a Dragon Quest game. Not a mainline game, no Dragon Quest 12, no Dragon Quest 3 HD, uh, unfortunately. But uh, I did play uh, a game that is coming this month, September, uh, Infinity Strash. Whatever Strash means, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Infinity Strash, colon, Dragon Quest, dash, or hyphen, The Adventures of Dai, uh, Dai, D-A-I. This is based on uh, an anime. The Adventures of Die. Uh, I guess it's on Crunchyroll. I haven't seen it yet. Uh, I probably will check out a little bit of it before the game comes out. Uh, but this is an action RPG as well. You know, very, very similar to other other. Uh, it looks like dragon. Ease. Yeah, yeah, it, it, and it, it played a little bit like Ease too. In terms of the switching between different party members, uh, kind of on the fly, and, and I guess using their abilities, you you can. Um, uh, use the use the triggers to activate different attacks. Uh, there are ultimate attacks, and I think I don't know if there's a, a full party one, but you can kind of switch between the characters when their meter builds up, and then just unleash their ultimate ability. Uh, so I I had uh, three characters on my team. I don't remember their names, but I had Die, who's kind of a swordsman. I had an offensive mage, and then more of a healing type mage, uh, a girl who had like a gun as well. And you could switch between her staff and her healing abilities, and then uh, whip out her gun for ranged attacks uh, and and I guess gun based abilities as well. Uh, with Infinity Strash, uh, I didn't get a chance to try out the story, I guess the story or the main game, but I did. I was put in kind of a, uh, a roguelike type dungeon area where you would go. It's basically your way of kind of catching up and experience and items. So if you, if I, get, I was told that if you found yourself behind at some part in the game, you would go back to this temple and you can go through these uh, I guess different floors in the dungeon, that, like, which I suppose are randomized or... or, or uh, you don't, I guess you don't know what enemies you're going to fight or what, what order of events are going to take place. But in the dungeon, you can increase stats temporarily while you're in the dungeon. Like you can choose to go like in a, an offensive route or a defensive route. Uh, and then you'll, you'll find treasures every few floors or so. You'll fight bosses. And you're basically trying to find these uh, equipable memory items that can also be upgraded. So you, you find these memories, you equip them to your characters uh, or, or to, to boost like uh, offensive stats or magic stats or whatever. Uh, and then you can, you can also, I think with currency inside the dungeon or maybe outside of it as well, you can uh, level up these memories so that they're stronger, uh, stronger equipable items for you. Game looks great. It felt great to play. Uh, I think we were playing on an Xbox or at least it was on an Xbox controller. I'm not sure if it was an Xbox console. It might have been PC, but yeah, felt good, looked good. You know that Toriyama uh, art style really never goes out of never goes out of fashion. Uh, looks great here. I don't know, you know, how how meaty this game is, or or what what exactly the story is going to be. I th- I think it is planning to follow the anime. So if you have been watching that show, or if you're eager to play the game and maybe want to head start a little bit. It sounds like watching the anime will give you a sense of uh, what, what's to come in the game. So uh, for that reason, I'm going to try to check out some of the, some of the show and see. Uh, but, you know, it's a Dragon Quest game. Uh, I, I like that universe. I like those characters, the abilities, all that stuff. So I will probably check this out, maybe even review it. Um, but it is, yeah, again, more action RPG as opposed to uh, turn based or anything like that. So something to keep in mind. <clears throat> uh, next one, going back to the indie scene. Uh, played a game called Animal Well from a solo developer. 
but it's uh, I want to say not not published, but maybe the, this this developer Billy, who I met, is kind of being aided or assisted by Dan Edelman. Dan Edelman used to work for Nintendo, and I think he was kind of one of their indie partner managers types. Like, I think he would be the kind of person like, you know, okay, we're going to make this an indie exclusive on Switch. Like, I think he was doing that kind of uh, liaising or, uh, you know, connecting, contacting uh, indie partners uh, type deal. I think that was Dan's job or role at Nintendo. So I believe he's solo now. And so uh, he may have worked with Tom Happ on Axiom Verge. I might be getting that wrong. I don't remember. Uh, but at any rate, he's helping to bring uh, Animal Well to, to the public. Uh, and Animal Well is a... Uh, Metroidvania type game, uh, kind of minimalist graphic style, a uh, really cool use of colors, a lot of dark settings, and then kind of punctuated by uh, kind of brighter colors and um, kind of different colors, depending on where you are in this cavern or this dungeon area. You basically play as like this little blob, uh, not, a lot, not a lot of character to the uh, the protagonist that you're controlling, uh, but kind of a good atmosphere to the game. Uh, not one, not a Metroidvania that's relying on combat but one that is instead more about uh, platforming, kind of collecting items, finding out where to use them, you know, tripping switches so that, a, you know, something opens up or a platform becomes usable, kind of stuff like that. In one moment in the game, I was being chased by a ghost-like figure and I had to throw these firecrackers out to make it go away. So there are going to be ways to get out of danger by using items as well, but it doesn't seem like there's any kind of combat or, or dealing damage to anybody or anything like that. In in uh, Earthbound fashion, I think you use little phones to save your progress, although you're not calling your father or anything like that. Um, but yeah, Animal Well seems like a cool game. I'm, I'm eager to see more of it. I don't remember if that's... I think it's an early 2024 release as well. Uh, but anyone who's into uh, the Metroidvania genre that doesn't uh, particularly like the combat element of that uh, and wants something a little bit more minimalist looking, uh, Animal Well might be one that they want to check out too. Uh, yeah, just it's TBA I, on Steam. Yeah. It looks pretty neat. Yeah, it's cool. I, I, we played like a nine or 10 minute demo, something like that. I think it's coming to a bunch of platforms as well. Uh, Switch, play, I, I was playing on a PlayStation 5, I think. So it should be everywhere uh, and definitely one you want to add to your radar too. Next, a uh, couple more RPGs, uh, traditional or classic RPGs, I guess. Uh, Persona 3 Reload uh, got a chance to play that at the Atlas booth. I basically played every, all three games that Sega was demoing. So Persona 3 Reload, uh, I, the, uh, the, the demo, you had two choices basically of where you were going to start off with. I think one of was earlier in the game. And I chose the one a little bit further into the game. And this one was basically the part of the game where you are on the train uh, or the, yeah, the kind of subway car uh, and you're moving from the back of the train to the front. And then you fight that boss to try to stop the train. I think this is one of the early required midnight hour. Is it midnight hour? Dark hour, yeah. dark hour segments. Dark, yeah. Darker, yeah. So I only had the three characters on my team. Uh, the main character, Yukari, and oh gosh, what's the fellow's name? Uh, Junpei? Jun, Junpei. Yeah, Junpei. So you get a, got a taste of the combat, which is good. Uh, looks great. I, I, I mean, this is the thing that really stood out to, mo- to me most about the game. It looks fantastic. I think the, the kind of visual overhaul is the thing that is going to sell people on this game obviously kind of just seeing these different areas. And again, I, I didn't get to see too much of the, the setting of the game, but it, you know, it is a total glow up for persona three for sure. Oh, there goes the dog. Uh, also liking persona three reload. 
yeah, so uh, got to the boss of the at the end of the train, uh, and then the demo kind of wrapped up there. So I got a good sense of what the combat felt like. Nothing much has changed here. Uh, you're still you still got that press turn system of if you hit an enemy weak point or you do a critical attack, you get another turn. Uh, didn't get a chance to do an all out attack. I was hoping to see that, but it just didn't come up. One thing I noticed about the character actions when they do uh, an offensive, like just a basic attack it kind of has multiple stages to it. So instead of just like a quick slash or a quick bow and arrow shot, you actually do like kind of two or three swipes or two or three shots. So uh, there's a little bit more visual flourish there. I, I wouldn't say that the attacks I used were like kind of crazy visually impressive. I, I mean, I only had like a fire attack and a wind attack, but yeah, it, I think it's again, just looking at the characters, the the artwork, uh, when the characters kind of come up and do their uh, discussion points, that looked all that looked great. So I, I I I was saying to David just before we started recording that I I go I went from probably not buying the game to maybe buying the game, um, and that's someone who already just replayed Persona Three <laughs> uh, when it came to Switch earlier this year. So that that is saying something for me. Uh, if you've never played this game, I think this is the time to do it. This is probably going to be the best way to play it. I fell off three quarters of the way through, so now it gives me an excuse to finish it. That's right, and, and, and yeah, yeah, I, I would definitely say if you if you haven't played the first game or finished it, th- this is your chance to hop back in. I think it's PS5, PS4, uh, Xbox, and maybe Xbox One, the Xbox Series consoles, probably PC as well. Uh, we I know think it's everything but Switch. It's everything but Switch, right? Yeah, yeah. I think we yeah. we knew about that. So that's so that's nice. Uh, lots of opportunities for people to play it and i believe it's game oh, pass it's on game, game as well, pass too. right yeah 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 i wouldn't be surprised oh, that's why yeah that's why i was like i'm definitely getting it and then i started thinking well i don't know for 90 dollars, and then i keep forgetting it's on game pass which yeah they which right they have, announced, so like, the, the two yeah. persona games they announced were coming to game pass so that was kind of cool one other thing to note uh so the voice acting seems to have been uh re-recorded obviously so the voices will be a little bit different i don't know who is coming back and who's not uh so that'll be something to look forward to or look into uh, the music has also been uh, re-recorded as well, um, but I heard some of the familiar tracks and they still sound good, uh, just a little bit different. So yeah, Persona 3 Reload was a was a fun demo. That was about a 15 minute one. I wish I'd had, I, if I'd had more time, I would have played the other demo segment as well, just to see and see where that was and maybe to get uh, a little more sense of the different environments. But yeah, the, the kind of full 3D walking around spaces, uh, it, it does feel good. You know, it, it's a little bit closer to Persona 5 in that regard uh, than the uh, Persona 3 Portable we got earlier this year. So, yeah, that was one Persona game I played. I also played a little bit of Persona 5 Tactica. This was a shorter demo, probably in, in the like six or seven minute range. Went by pretty fast. Uh, didn't get anything of the story. This is strictly combat. I played two different maps. Uh, I had uh, Joker, Morgana, and then the new character, I think their name is Elena or Elaine, something like that. Yeah, something like that. And then, uh, so one of the things that they showed off was this kind of triple attack where if you knock down an enemy and then your 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 party of three or your, your supporting characters get on either side of that enemy, you can initiate this kind of super attack. So kind of like an all-out attack, I guess. And so what it did was it created like a this triangle around not just the enemy I knocked down, but also two that were beside it. And we did this kind of big flame attack that hit everybody and took out all three enemies. So that was pretty cool. So your position in terms of setting up super attacks is going to matter. Uh, so a little bit more of the that strategy RPG element coming into play there for sure. 
there was also something where if your character moves but doesn't take an action, they kind of charge up uh, and then they can do like a special attack on the next round or they'll get a special buff for for their next attack. Uh, so knowing kind of when to attack, when to charge up is going to be a, a consideration here as well. Um, on the second map, there's a lot of kind of, you know, hiding behind obstacles. It reminded me a little bit of Mario plus Rabbids, actually, in the depending on the height of the object you're hiding behind, you'll have maybe, a, you know, a damage reduction versus like being completely blocked to uh, the enemy fire or the uh, the enemy attacks, whatever that might be. Uh, one thing I noticed, Morgana used like a wind attack, the, the Garu attack with her persona, and it, it kind of knocked an enemy back. Not just So it didn't just do damage, but it also knocked them to a different square. So I guess there's going to be ways of manipulating characters on the environment, enemies on the environment, not just in terms of, you know, giving them a status effect or doing damage, but also moving their position as well, maybe to set up uh, different attacks. So yeah, it was cool. It looks good. Uh, I think this is also on an Xbox console as well. I, I wish I'd had a chance to kind of see a little bit more of the story or anything outside of the combat. Cause uh, uh, that, I guess that's what I'm, I mean, I think I already know I'm going to like the combat of Tactica, but uh, I want to know kind of what, what is there in terms of progression and, you know, story side quests, all those kind of things. It was uh, just very much, very much a teaser demo. I think here. Tactica coming to all platforms. I believe, I don't think there was anything. Yeah, I'm left pretty sure there's here. a switch version. Yeah. Yeah, it's a Switch version there, but uh, also, I believe, a Game Pass game, too. So, uh, And then the final game uh, I'm going to talk about here is um, uh, Like a Dragon Gaiden, uh, or Gaiden, the man who erased his name. This is a spin-off title uh, of the Yakuza games. Uh, it follows, I think it follows directly the events of Yakuza 6. So... The ending of Yakuza 6, uh, maybe slight spoilers here, uh, but Kiryu, the main character, kind of goes into hiding. And I guess, I don't know if this happens at the end of 6 or the beginning of The Man Who Raised His Name, but he's Kiryu has now kind of changed his name. Uh, he's Joryu, and he's become like a secret agent, <laughs> so, you know, kind of keeping, keeping up with the kind of crazy events or themes that happen in these games. But yeah, so he's a secret agent. And what happened in the demo that I played about a 10 or 12 minute demo uh, was I was on a helicopter with this woman. She was taking me to this uh, uh, kind of container ship that had basically like this mini theme park on it. Uh, The theme park had a casino. It had a coliseum. It had a cabaret bar. uh, I think it had like a a shop to buy new clothes. So it was was only kind of like miniature city, I guess. It reminded me a little bit of what is it? Is it wall wall center from Final Fantasy seven remake? Uh, wall something. Oh, wall street. No, wall, not is wall. It, it's not wall not street. Wall street. Oh, dang. You're, I know it's, it's two, stumped, two things. I'm doing today. I'm just stumping you every, every, every turn here. Um, but yeah, the, that area of Final Fantasy seven where cloud has to get into disguise by dressing up like a girl and then going into the, the honeybee, uh, uh, Walmart or whatever. Jeez. Wall market. Of course. Yeah. We were, we were so yeah. close. Yeah, it reminded me a little bit of the wall market segment from that game. Um, but yeah, so I, I went into the casino, kind of look around there, lot, lots of different games to play. I went into the fashion area where you can kind of change your look, but there weren't any, I guess in the demo, there weren't any options to, to play around with that. Uh, but you can kind of change Kiryu, uh, sorry, Joryu, out of his uh, secret agent look and then maybe uh, uh, change him into something else. 
Uh, there was a, as soon as you get there, as soon as you get out of the container ship, there's a, a fight against some Yakuza. And uh, the new abilities that Kiryu has are pretty cool. So one is almost like a Spider-Man one where you throw out like these wires and you attach them to the enemies. You've got to swing them around in a circle and it hits all the other enemies that are nearby. So I use that a bunch. Uh, you can also send out these drones to attack enemies. I'm trying to remember what the other ones were. I don't know if it gets any wilder than this. <laughs> no, it. Uh, yeah, th- those are the only two that I can remember. I use, I use those franchises completely off the rails now. Oh, you got to love it. And I so yeah, so I use those the most. Um, I went into the cabaret as well. Um, and I wasn't sure if it'd be like a karaoke mini game or just like, you know, you're sitting down with a girl and, you know, trying to talk to her and, and win bonus points there with her uh, kind of building up a relationship meter or something like that. And what was cool is it's not just like an animated woman that is sitting with you it's actually they've actually videotaped or, or captured like you know, a real live person that you that you go on a date with or you kind of spend time with so i thought that was kind of funny and so anyone who likes that kind of those kind of elements of the yakuza games the cabaret segments uh i thought that was kind of a cool uh a neat a neat touch i guess to uh you know in next gen in true next gen form uh we're bringing real life people into the games now a little bit more so yeah. so that was neat i, I think yakuza 6 might have had something like that as well but it was neat to see it here too and then I guess the, the crux of the demo, the heart of the demo was the this Coliseum area. So you had two modes you could do. One was like a 10 person battle. And I used uh, Jorayu for that. Took it out pretty quickly. Got like the S rank or gold medal or whatever it was. And then they had a second one, a uh, hundred man uh, fight. And I switched and you can choose a lot of different characters for that one. So uh, I chose Majima, of course, you know, gotta love him with his knife. I'm just slashing all these guys. And I get, I get close to the end. I think the demo just like kind of started to auto shut down as I was, as, as I was wrapping up the, the hundred man fight. Uh, but you get a lot of, uh, a lot of money. I think you get experience or, or perk kind of points, ability points, maybe from doing the, the Colosseum fights. Uh, and I, I don't know how much of the game this demo represents, or if, if you're spending most of your time here, I think we know the like a dragon games to be quite, quite meaty to have a lot of content. Uh, and while this isn't a full release, I think it is in the 30 to $40 range. So it is, it is a sizable bit of side content, I guess. Uh, what's cool about like a dragon Gaiden is that you're also going to get a demo for like a dragon. Uh, is it, was it infinite wealth? I think is the sequel to, uh, or the, the follow up to Ichiban's story. So there's oh, a, yeah. also going to yeah. be a playable demo of that with the full version of, uh, the man who erased his name. Um, after playing this demo, I'm a little bit more interested in it. I think I, could, I think I might just pick it up. I like these games. I feel ready to get into another Yakuza game or like a dragon, well, I guess. Did they say if this was going to be on game pass? Cause I felt like the, I can't remember if like a dragon, like the Ichiban one, I think was on game pass at some point. I don't know. Yeah, if it was I don't day know. One game pass. I, w- I would it wouldn't shock me because they, they added all the Yakuza games to Game Pass and to PlayStation Plus. Right. So yeah. they've, they've been kind of with a lot of these games, they've been looking into the subscription service, I guess, maybe to get uh, more eyes on these. And it wouldn't surprise me to do this side story like that, especially with another full priced game coming, presumably next year or early in 2025. So, yeah, yeah get, getting more people playing the Like a Dragon games. I wouldn't be surprised if the, more of them are going to be on uh, the subscription services. So. Yeah, but uh, th- those are the games. Some of the games that I played at Paxos, I played a few more. Uh, I will have, um, again, more coverage popping up on NWR over the next week, week to 10 days, uh, including videos for uh, Mina the Hollower. I played a second demo of that. Uh, I'll also have one for Rift of the Necrodancer, which is a rhythm-based uh, game. 
uh, compared to, I guess, the uh, more roguelike or more dungeon uh, type of games like Crypt of the Necrodancer and then Cadence of Hyrule and maybe a couple other games as well that we played. So so stay tuned for all of that. But uh, yeah, that was me. I don't know, David, what 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 of these games going to jump out at you? Like, what, what are you looking forward to here? Uh, I definitely. I don't know if I like sold you, said, you on anything or, or maybe piqued your interest a little bit more. I don't know. Well, Reload for sure is probably uh, top of the list because I was going to pick that one up. The Colbat Core looks pretty, pretty neat. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll probably give that one a go, especially since it'll probably be just one from being from a one man indie build developer. Yeah, it's probably exactly. going to be on the cheaper side. So it'll be, you know, pretty easy to pick up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, those are probably the, the highlights for me. Yeah, yeah. Like the Dragon Quest one looks neat, but I like. I can only do so many action RPGs and then <laughs> I know, I know exactly. Yeah. And again, like we're probably going to get ease 10 in the near future, I think too, that could be a next year type of game. So you're, you're almost better off maybe waiting for that. If you're not playing too many of those style games, but for the dragon quest, the person has to play everything dragon quest. I think, I think it will be a fun one. Yeah. But yeah, looking forward to, they, they all sound pretty neat. Um, mm-hmm. I just, uh, will have to get in touch with my bank uh, to fill out the loans to pay for all these games. Oh, and then, yeah. you know, you, you and me both. Any game that I don't get a review code for is going to be another another dent in the wallet for sure. And yeah, these some of these smaller games again, like Silent Hope, Cobalt Core, Animal Whale. I, I want to play all of these. Um, they look they look great, and uh, we've got a good mix of you know RPGs and indies uh, coming out in the near future. So uh, if anything uh, here looks good or sounded good to you, you know, add it to that wish list. Keep 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 track of it. Uh, we will probably revisit some of these on future episodes as well, but it was good to get a little bit of a taste of them. So we know kind of uh, how, how we want to spend our very limited uh, gaming hours. Perfect. Well, I want to thank you for making the trip powering through uh, the adversity and getting yes. some of these games. Yeah. And we'll yep. ho- hopefully next year, no, no wind based accidents, no trees falling on me. <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm going to have to park, you know, in a sheltered parking lot next time just to keep the car safe, I think. But yeah, cool. Yeah. Well, I'll stick around. We'll be right back with some armor core talk from Casey. And we're back with Mr. Casey Gibson, the only one brave enough of uh, on the Thirsty Mage team to take on the latest From Software game, Armored Core 6. Uh, I have to say, I know a couple of us were looking into it. I know Jordan, it was funny, Like it was probably a week or two ago that Jordan was asking us uh, who, who was all picking it up. And initially I was... Crickets. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of crickets. I, I was kind of like casually to myself thinking, eh, maybe like I kind of I liked Elden Ring. I like Demon Souls. Like they've been kind of nailing it on PS5. And then I started reading stuff about how difficult it was. And I'm like, yeah, nah, I'm going to leave it for now. But you you could tell me if uh, if it's overestimated or uh, if it is tough as nails or how just maybe generally how, how are you enjoying the Armored Core 6? Yeah, so, well, it, it's interesting because, yeah, I was sort of. Not it wasn't really on my radar, you know. It was something like, oh, you know, Armored Core looks always looks cool. Uh, I mean, I remember growing up and feeling like I can't remember which one of my friends was like an Armored Core like fiend, you know. But I had one, and I remember being like, yeah, like it's definitely cool. But I never had a PlayStation or anything, so it was like, you know, whatever. Um, 
but yeah, then and as we sort of crept closer to launch here, I was like, oh, it looks sort of cool. Um, you know, I lo- I mean, I love Demon Souls. Uh, Elden Ring was cool. And, and, you know, obviously from software has, you know, such a pretty much, you know, I don't want to say flawless, but near flawless record. Right. It, especially of late, it seems like everything they sort of pop out is is high quality. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I kept my eye on it. I saw reviews were, were pretty positive. People really liking it. Um, and then Alex uh, was actually gushing about it. Um, and and for him, actually, he I think it's his current game of the year. Actually, he's he's oh, beaten it four times, <laughs> four times. Yeah. So it's interesting because, um, you know, it's one of those games where and like any sort of, you know, from software generally, like after you, you do it once, it becomes way quicker and easier. Right. Like you sort of pick up how it works. Um, so I know he's said, like, you know, the first playthrough was like 20 something. Then it was like 12. Then it was like eight, you know, so it's like knocks it down a lot. But uh, so how the game itself works is, you know, obviously it's a mech game. So it, it a lot of it is, um, you know, customizing your mech, whether that be different, uh, you know, weapons, different, you know, legs are pretty much any piece of the, you know, mech itself. You can really sort of mess around with. So, um, you know, you, you start out like a sort of normal mech and then, you know, you can get like tank treads you can get uh, quad legs you can get like these grasshopper like legs you know they're like inverted but you jump really well and then you know obviously uh with the weapons you know you get there's all sorts of you know cannons missiles lasers phase cannons you know yeah uh phase swords you know so there's a lot of different uh you know sort of loadouts you can mess with but in terms of the actual gameplay itself uh it's a lot of like you know you you start out, you're a mercenary, right? And like in the beginning, you're just sort of trying to prove yourself. Uh, so you, you'll get a you know mission and then it'll generally the missions are really quick. Um, if you're just going point A to B, like it'll be, Hey, go in there. You need to destroy these things. Then you're going to move in, destroy that thing. And, you know, if you're just going, like I said, point A to point B, you can get through these missions in a, you know, a matter of minutes. Um, but a lot of time, you know, you're sort of looking around and, the game looks wonderful. So it's it's nice to just visually just, you know, like sort of in awe, like, wow, this is really cool. Um, but, you know, as you sort of get deeper in the game, like you'll know, like, oh, I can fly by those little like sort of peon enemies. Like, I don't need to stop and kill everything, you know, but uh, there are generally different kind of, like types of missions. Like I said, there's some that are like, hey, go in and destroy this and this. Then there's some that are like, hey, you know, there's a target, you know, a, an AC, you know, they, they called the mechs ACs armored core. But yeah, so then there's some missions, you know, where you're going in and you'll have a specific target, uh, you know, and they'll be, uh, you know, and again, how you have so much, uh, you know, h- how many options on different, you know, lo- loadouts. So do the enemies. So, you know, fighting different enemies is, you know, pretty drastically different, especially when you're getting into like the more like, hey, we're fighting other ACs. Uh, those generally are my favorite. Um, and actually, you'll unlock something pretty like early in the game the arena and that's literally just like hey here's a a pecking order of the top acs right like go out and fight them uh one by one you know like you'll go in fight come back go out um and then you'll earn you know sort of like hey you completed this you know the f series the e series and and as you progress throughout the game you unlock more of those so i've been enjoying you know bouncing back into that but um in terms of difficulty it for me it seems to be there's definitely spikes right like generally missions are very you know fairly simple i'd say um 
you know, it's not too much, you know, and then like there are missions where like the end of chapter missions, you know, where it's like, oh, I know I'm going to fight a big boss here. Right. Um, So I am, I think like halfway through chapter three and I believe there's five chapters. So the first uh, real big boy is at the end of chapter one. And it's actually funny. Alex is sort of like, hey, if you can get through the first boss, like you can get through all of them. You know, it's sort of like uh, he, he had most trouble with the first boss. Um, and I will say I went in there and it was I was getting real frustrated. I was getting because <laughs> um, it, it, it was one of these ones. And, you know, I'm not going to go into too much spoilers or anything, but essentially, right, like once you got it to 50 percent, he sort of went buck wild. So, like, I would be able to get him to 50 percent fairly like. Not easily, but fairly, you know, after a little bit of practice, I would consistently get to that point. Uh, but like, I would just take too much damage in the beginning. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and then I would be like, I need to have like a perfect second half. And then I'd get to the point where like, if I was just taking too much damage in the first, I'd just restart, you know, like, like, forget it. And the worst is like, I'm used to like for a restart, right? Like press pause, like you toggle down one on the menu, press, a, you know, X and go. Low, that's restart mission if you press start and just press a it's restart from the last checkpoint so at least oh i see where this is going <laughs> five times i'd restart the mission oh man after already being frustrated and you're like see yeah. you know you're like oh god um now luckily like i said the missions aren't too long and and like you know it was the end of chapter mission, so it was a little bit longer than the other one, but it was just annoying enough where it'd be like you're already annoyed, you know. So it's like God. But uh, essentially, what happened? I was like, this feels like BS. Like, what is going on? And then it just, and I'd switch out different, um, you know, like with the weapons I had unlocked and had, you know, I was trying to mix and match like what would work and just nothing. So eventually, I was like, I just need to buy new parts, you know. And like, unfortunately, that meant like, all right, I need to go back and replay like previous missions to farm some gold, you know? So there was like an easy enough mission that paid out pretty well. So I ran that like five or six times. And and again, you know, it takes like two or three minutes, so maybe a half hour. Uh, and then I beefed up and then I went in there and one shot him, uh, which felt really, really good. So I think the game is sort of like with that first boss, it sort of tells you like, Hey, you're going to have to change your loadout here. You know, like you're going to have to try different things. Um, cause essentially I went back, I bought like, like I bought, uh, the quad legs, which are awesome because, um, you can hover. So like you could jump and you could fly a little bit, but like you're limited by your booster and like how much energy you have. Um, so like generally if you have sort of like a normal, like what I would say, like a Gundam looking mech, right. Where, you know, like, hey, I got my legs, my arms, I'm holding some guns and stuff. Like, they could f- jump and float a little bit, but, like, not for long. But with the quad legs, you could just really hover up there for a really long time. And that was super beneficial um, to fighting this one particular boss. So I've sort of, I, I've messed around my mech a little bit, but I've kept the four legs. Um, and I've got, like, these big, like, I've got a huge laser cannon on my right shoulder. I've got uh, the songbirds, they call them. It's like a double grenade high power weapon on my left shoulder. Um, and then I've got some like plasma guns in my hands and it's just, it feels really good. Um, and you know, getting into the second boss, 
Um, it was one of those ones where right off the bat, I never felt overpowered, you know, like I was like, okay, I feel good. It still took me about an hour. Uh, the worst was like on my third try, I got him down to like one hit left and I absolutely choked it. I had like, <laughs> like I had plenty of health left, but I was like, Oh my God, just blast and blast, you know? And then, and then all of a sudden just like you, the one where you die and you just like put the controller down. You're like, what an idiot. Like yeah. if I had just like done what I was doing the entire time, I would have been fine. But, uh. And then, like, of course, it took me, like, another 45 minutes after that to kill it. But uh, I would say it's not too hard. Uh, I mean, it's it's definitely hard, right? But it's not, like, unfair. Like I said, in the beginning, it almost felt a little unfair. But that was with me trying to sort of beat my head against the wall, you know, without changing much. Um, so if you go in with the idea, like, hey, you could change up your mech, you know, like, you're going to want to change things up and, and you know sort of like play to the strengths of certain, you know, weapons or, or body types versus certain boss. Um, but yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be afraid of playing this game for its difficulty. I mean, unless if you're really like, I, I, you don't want any friction in games, you know, but if like, you're cool with like a little bit of a challenge and you don't mind, you know, fighting a boss for an hour, uh, you know, it, to overcome it. But I don't think it's going to be anywhere where like, Oh man. Yep. You're going to spend, uh, you know, six, seven, eight hours on this one boss. Like, it, mm. I mean, and granted, I haven't beaten the game yet. But from what Alex said, he he was like the first boss was the toughest that one of the second bosses was like game tr trouble. And then like whether it was just because the game clicked and he got better, um, he, he felt like those were the two toughest bosses. So, um, yeah, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't shy away from it in terms of that, you know. It sounds exactly like a from software game like that that almost describes word for word my experiences with dark souls demon souls and elden ring or <laughs> you first start out and you just feel like you're getting trounced all the time and you like you just get frustrated and annoyed and then to the point where like there was a few times where i just wanted to quit because i'm like i'm not having fun this is no fun like you get Tone to the, the first controller. boss, you just get creamed and you're like, why am I torturing myself? Like, it, it doesn't make any sense. Like, and then when you finally beat the boss and it's, yeah, it's really difficult or whatever. And then all of a sudden it's like the next boss is just a little bit easier and then a little bit easier. Yeah. It's like the snowball effect, you know? Yeah. And it's the same thing. It's like, it's probably a little bit, uh, you're, you're getting used to the controls or you get, you know, getting more comfortable. Plus also like you're leveling up. So you're just naturally becoming stronger and, um, and then in certain cases, you're finding like the, the system that works for you, whether like you're using magic or using a certain weapon or whatever, like, it, it, yeah, just, it's, it really sounds like, uh, kind of the whole design philosophy at from, so from software is, is like the, well, you know, we'll call the, call the week in the first few <laughs> hours, like the really, the really people who don't want don't want to be pushed or whatever and it just pushes you enough to to get you over that hump and then it's like not you just start the kind of the smooth sailing of like okay i'm getting it i'm getting the hang of it i'm starting to love it you know yeah and, and what's cool is too for like the the guys and and gals out there who really like getting to customizing like you like you can do decals you can do paint um on you know you can paint individual parts on your you know mech there's weathering effects there's gloss and matte so you can really get into the nitty-gritty of making your mech look like super cool as well um the story itself is like 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 i said the first like chapter or two is really sort of like hey you know you're a nobody 
let's prove that you're like a, an awesome merc. You know what I mean? Uh, and then like, as you like, now I'm starting to get like a, like on the Rubicon, which is the planet, right? There's this coral is like a, um, like a resource that they're harvesting. And it's like, you've got sort of like different companies vying and for, for different, you know, for different reasons they want it. Um, and it's starting to open up a little bit more. I, I hear as the, the game goes, the story gets better and better. Um, but it isn't, like the big focal point it, it's more about the gameplay um and yeah it, like i said it's got that uh from software it feels real good to, to move around and um you know it it's just it, i don't know what it is they, they got a style like you said and it's just it feels real good you know it, there's definitely a, a bit of a learning curve there but uh once you get it and it clicks it feels really nice it, it's funny actually Cause there's like, so you could do like a boost, um, like a, a real high power boost. And then like, you can actually like ram into to enemies and like actually do like a attacks melee attacks that way. But it's on the uh, map to the left, um, joystick when you click in. Right. And yeah. I dude, that was also in the beginning, I was getting real frustrated cause it'd be like, I'd be like, all right, I want to do this. And then like, I just try and turn quick. And then I click the button in by accident. And then all of a sudden I'm firing full blast and I'm like in the wrong direction, you know? <laughs> so it was like, that was adding to my frustrating frustration as well. Like, like this game is already tough and it doesn't need me flying around like a chicken without a head. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. so like, luckily I was able, I went in and just remapped, um, like the the stick buttons like the when you click the right one in naturally it does like a, a lock you know a target lock yeah. um, and the left was the boost i switched those so now yeah now i don't go flying all over the place by accident so that, that was real nice as well but um yeah I, like i said I, I if you're interested in the game i think it's definitely worth checking out don't be afraid of you know like i said being uh too difficult like i said it is a game where like you're in the menus you jump into a mission like I said, some of the missions are pretty quick and then you're back in the menu. So there is a, a quite a bit of that. Like it, it definitely has that sort of, you know, PS2 vibe. Like it, it feels like a PS2 game, but like not in a bad way. You know, like it, that style, they just brought it to, you know, 2023, yeah. polished it up real good and like made everything feel like immaculate. That's good. Uh, I'll probably check it out at some point. I might wait for... Uh... A, a nice sale. sale yeah there's just so much so much games going on right now yeah uh, you know what like it is too it the good thing is it is it's 60 to start because uh, it is um i believe it for ps4 as well right i, I think from software they release it for both gens oh okay always i think right uh, uh let me see hold on Let's see know. if i'm talking out my butt i i could have sworn that it was for Yep, PS4, 5, Windows, uh, Xbox One, and Series. So, yep, 60 bucks, which is nice. So, yeah, that it'll eventually probably knock down on sale. The, the worst thing is if you only lived in America, I could just mail it to you for, like, five bucks. You could play it and then mail it back. <laughs> oh, yeah. You got the physical, day. Eh? Yeah, yep. yeah. Yeah. The, the yeah, it would probably just cost ch cheaper for you to just get a used copy than for me to mail it to you. <laughs> yeah, to I'd imagine it'd be, like, 20, 20 bucks or $20, $30 by the time it goes both ways. Crazy. Yeah. But, no, yeah, it's it, it's uh, probably something that will, will be on my radar. I, like, 2023 is been oh, ridiculous yeah. <laughs> like i'm still trying to get through Baldur's gate uh almost near the end uh i've i've loaded starfield i played 10 minutes like just long enough to get to the Did first save. Call it then 
<laughs> well, what's going to happen? Uh, I'm going to, well, it's funny you say that because I played it on the Series X and then I just started thinking, it's like, you know what? Maybe I'll just wait until I finish Baldur's Gate and then I'll like delete Baldur's Gate because it's like 100 and, 150 gigs or something and just download Starfield on my PC and play it there instead. I just, I'm not, I, I don't know if you've ever used the Xbox uh, controller, but it's just, I don't know, something about it just doesn't feel right to me. Doesn't no. I haven't used one in a hot minute. I, I've never played a Series X, uh, but yeah, I've played the, a one. So I was going to say, I it's no different than the similar, one. Right? It's pretty yeah. much the same as the one, but it just does, I don't know, just something off about it. Like, I actually don't mind the positioning of like some of the stuff, but it just, I don't know, it just, I guess when you play playstation for so long anything yeah <laughs> anything once you switch out yeah. different yeah it's but. it's i actually had to get a second playstation controller um for Baldur's gate actually uh on ps5 me me and the wife were playing mm. and yeah i was like I, we stopped to think or i stopped to think and i was like i t- i guess we need to get another controller like i didn't even <laughs> think about it because i was thinking turn base like we could theoretically just have like back and forth controller uh, but it's nice when you're exploring that, like it split screens and and you yeah. can both go off in either direction. But I'm sure we're gonna have an episode about Baldur's Gate. Um, but yeah, yeah, I finished I finished 16 a um, couple weeks back. Great game. Yeah, now I'm pl- you know I want to finish Armored Core. I got Baldur's Gate. Um, I've started Sea of Stars and like it's fall- fell off just because everything else going on. But I I don't want to give up on that game because uh, it you know. It, I was enjoying it. It's just a matter of finding the time, you know? So, yeah. yeah. It's, and then, next thing you know, we're going to have Mario Wander out. We're going to have Mario RPG. Yeah. It's, are, are you going to, you're not going to get Wander, are you? Uh, I don't know. It's it's hard. I might. It, it's low on the priority list. But mm, that's, that's wild to me. It looks so good. <laughs> it looks so good. Yeah. Well, you, you're know. definitely getting RPG, though, right? Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> You're killing me, David. <laughs> I'm sure it'll probably be. I, I didn't. Former Nintendo World Report editor. Oh man, I don't <laughs> know. The... I'll never play Nintendo again. I when we when we played uh, the SNES one, like it was fine, but I just uh, I was kind of bored. <laughs> so that's mm. why I'm like, I hate the. And it's it's funny because you mentioned Sea Stars. It's like the the time based attacks just wear on my nerves after a while, you know. You're like, I either want to pay attention and be in a high action game, or I don't want to pay any attention to play turn base. I no in the middle. Yeah, like your 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 mind's one or the other. <laughs> yeah, it's like I have no rhythm, and now you want me to push buttons on a on a certain uh, at oh, certain well, times, and you know. I don't know if you saw. Uh, have you dove into Sea of Stars much? I I know you got it. Yeah, there's I'm I'm about six or seven hours in. Like there are relics that you can turn on. Yeah, uh, that, that, that cheese stuff. <laughs> oh well, I was going to say there there's a relic. It doesn't cheese it, but it just makes like it like a blatantly obvious if you hit it right. Yeah, there's like a. So uh, like if you hit the timer, like a it almost looks like a firework just shoots up. Yeah, just to let you know, like hey, you did it. Because uh, sometimes, yeah, yeah like I, I'll I'll feel like oh I don't know if I timed that right. So with that thing, it's like. You can't not realize if you timed it right, you know? Yeah, I mean, so I, I do have that one. The one, the only one I've turned on so far is uh, I turned on the one where if you don't time the defensive block, then there's a 35% chance that it'll just, it'll just automatically block it. What a baby! Yeah, no, well, I'm just, I'm just... I figure it's like, well, <laughs> at this point, I, you know, if I'm not paying attention during during the uh, getting attacked or whatever, then I have a 30 
35 yeah, chance of blocking so it's it, not like t- totally uh you know uh pacifier or anything but mm-hmm. and, and those battles too like you can just get decimated by any joe schmo it feels like so yeah well there's the the early ones with um the ant there's like ants that multiply or whatever oh they yep yep yeah those I've drove me those nuts because yeah. i'm like you but like one guy and then all of a sudden he like multiplies into four three more and i'm like this is ridiculous like <laughs> <laughs> classic yep yeah so we haven't had a few of those but yeah that'll be another uh episode i'm sure yeah we said we got a Baldur's gate we'll have a Baldur's gate episode coming up where we're talking about all our crazy stories uh we'll have a sea of stars uh i'm sure a couple of them like i think we'll have an early impressions earlier and then we'll have like a a longer one uh don't worry people we'll still be talking about mario rpg even if david's a monster (laughs) well i'm i'd be the only one not getting it if (laughs) if that was the case because i know the the three you of all or I know you probably all pre-ordered it at this point. So. Um, actually, I had. Well, I, I've been doing the uh, the vouchers for Nintendo because oh, I, yeah. because yeah. with uh, Costco, I can get hundred dollars essentially for ninety, and then I'm getting two games, so I'm saving thirty bucks. You know, oh, that's a good. Deal. So, so it feels better. Uh, so I've got Mario Wonder pre-ordered. Um, I used the other voucher on Pikmin, and I felt like Mario RPG was the one I was going to want to get physical. Yeah. So, that makes sense but yeah yeah it's gonna it, man yeah 2023 has really been a monster year <laughs> yeah, you know. I, it doesn't even matter what comes out in 2024 because i'll be still playing 2023 games well into that well, i mean I, I might be playing Baldur's gate till 2025 i feel like who knows yeah well <laughs> if, the, if, if the switch 2 is a real thing i, I hope it's late 2024 because i i have no time uh I, that would be nice i hope it's i, I would be happy with like a christmas time next year november you know yeah give us a year swan song for for nintendo switch and boom boom now uh Uh, real quick oh sorry you got something oh go ahead well i was gonna say before we go uh we sort of did this over on uh talk nintendo this week was sort of like hey if the if if it ended today the year ended today what would your game of the year be and i figure we could just do a quick little almost a, a last call if you will yeah um Right now, for me, it's a it's a two way race between Octopath Two and Baldur's Gate Three. Mm. Dude, I can't. Octopath came out this year. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I think it did. <laughs> it feels like yeah. It, this year's been bonkers, man. I like. I think that was like March or April. I think, but sheesh. It it certainly feels like it came out like three years ago. Unbelievable. Um, yeah, I, I was thinking about it. You know? Oh yeah, February twenty, February end of February. Mm. I do love that. Good. It seems like there's always a good RPG that comes out at like the end of January or February sometime. You know. Yeah. It seems like every year there's like a nice. It's. I know Nintendo likes to put Fire Emblem out. I feel like around then. Um, yeah, I was thinking about it. There's so many good ones, right? You know, you got, you know, Pikmin. You've got Diablo. You've got. You know, Resident Evil 4 came out, remake this year. Um, but I, honestly, like the my first thought would go uh, Pikmin 4. Oh, yeah, you liked it that much? Eh? It was, yeah, it was just one of those, like, I was excited for it, but, like, not. You know what I mean? Like, I knew it would play it, but, like, the hype level wasn't there just because it was, like, you know, whatever. Um, and, yeah, it really knocked my socks off. And what a beautiful yeah. game. I'm thinking uh, for the... Game Awards. I'm thinking Baldur's Gate Three is probably gonna end up winning. Yeah, it's it's funny because 
like I've seen a, a, a portion of the internet is like, well, like there's no way Zelda's going to win. It's going to be an afterthought. But then it's like, no, Zelda's always going to be in the conversation. Um, yeah. Then you got Baldur's Gate. They, I mean, just everyone loved it. You know what I mean? It came out the darling. Um, I, we were talking on Slack a little bit. Like I was worried the PS5 version, they hadn't really talked about it. And like, and I saw some early little bugs. I haven't run into any bugs myself. Um, and I believe it's actually trending higher. The reviews on PS5 than on PC. Oh, yeah. I don't even know how that's possible. It was yeah. like 96 on PC. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was <laughs> at wild. 95, uh, 97. Excuse me. Oh, jeez, um, That's here, wild. Let's, let's real quick before we end it. Uh, Baldur's Gate. Yep. PS5 97. Oh, that's wild. Yeah, I just I feel like it's. Uh... Uh, Tears of the Kingdom, like it had all the hype, and but it it feels like just nobody's talking about it anymore. And then maybe, yeah, maybe that would be the same with Baldur's Gate three. But it's got a weird thing with it that, like, w- at face value, you're like, oh, it's Breath of the Wild again, you know. Yeah. But then when you get in there, it's so different in terms of like what, like the abilities you have and and all that stuff. But it is like you still are in Hyrule, and they've added a lot to it. But I, I feel like it just it it's gonna have trouble shaking the oh it's just, quote unquote oh it's just another breath of the wild you know yeah so I yeah I don't know like you said Baldur's Gate seems to be like the darling um you know who knows Mario Wonder could come out like that's that could easily get people like a new two D Mario it's been a long time so yeah it, it's definitely gonna be an interesting year and, and you know what I welcome it usually there's one like oh it's going to be God of War this year, you know, or, or, or yeah. it's going to be this game. So, hey, I, I like uh, when we get a little bit of a mystery. So, yep. And if you asked Alice, he, Alex, he'd tell you it was Armored Core 6. Yeah. Well, that's, <laughs> that's uh, yeah, quite the uh, promotion. He'll, he'll, it's it's making me think about it. That's for sure. Yeah, it's it's cool, man. It, and I mean, I think mechs are just cool in general, right? Like, that was the coolest thing about Zeno Blade Chronicles X. Like, oh, you get the oh, scale, yeah. you know, yeah. like, and then you got the scale. You're like, this is cool. Um, but like, this is like, oh, you get to be in a scale. And then like, you also just get to wreck people. So <laughs> very fun. <laughs> cool. Alrighty. Well, I guess we'll uh, leave it for there for this week. Uh, I want to thank everyone for listening. And yeah, you can look forward to uh, oh man, the, the, the 2024 slate for the rest of the year. The episodes are just uh, <laughs> Uh, I, I don't there'll be just game after game after game so uh there'll be something for everybody so good time yeah. to be a gamer good yeah it's a might might be a history making year that's for sure yeah but, i mean what 2017 was real good but i don't it feels like it can't even hold a candle to 2023 no it feels like and like we're only eight nine months in now so there's yeah. still plenty to come out it's wild yeah amen Well, thanks everyone for listening, and we'll see everyone out at the next Thirsty Mage. Adios. Adios.